My wife and I had to transition from simply desiring to be on the same page to actively developing the skill set that would allow us to do so. While we used to shy away from potential conflict as a result of conversation or expectations that don't align, we find ourselves now checking in regularly so that our intimacy, plans, and purposes remain intact. This conversation is definitely entertaining, but I believe it will bless you. Take a listen. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. What is going on, Blenders? I I got my special lady present with me. This is going to be the last episode of 2023. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, baby. Yes. There should be one more. There should not. We should finish strong. And in order to do that, I thought it necessary to gather my wife, my special lady, the one and (laughs) only (laughs) Mrs. Wallace to join us. And uh, we wanted to touch on a very important topic, one that we take major pride in because it has taken some work. The the necessity of the marital check-in is something that we, uh, we, yeah, we take a lot of pride in. It's taken some work. Check-in with your spouse. We we celebrate this one hard uh, Mm -hmm. because check-ins used to make us want to check out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, someone else. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So we wanted to share some of our personal experience, some of our wins, what we get to celebrate concerning our check-ins, the necessity of it, and many of the the essential um, facets of the check-in. So this is an important thing concerning marriage, and it's something that we have to do, but it is also something that we get to do. We tend to forget our singlehood and our former prayers in that we were we were praying for a spouse somebody special somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean you know, i hear you i hear you at some point in life yeah 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 um we kind of just fell into each other's lap okay. or rather okay. i fell into margo's because she was like oh my gosh send send me my knight and and that's why i am a black man i'm like i'm like sorry <laughs> sorry Oh, that's Good. terrible. Um, I might edit that. Yeah, you might need to. <laughs> <laughs> this is we need to get to it. I know we don't we do. We absolutely <laughs> need to get to it. Um but we we dark night. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Let's go. On a white horse though. Um but this is something that is so important for us for the sake of our relationship and for the sake of our family. You show me a family that is thriving, I promise you. Their, their check-ins, whether they refer to it as such or not, that is something that is taking place versus a family that is struggling. Um, they tend to have, whether an inability or just they are absent-minded concerning the ne- necessity of checking in. And There's lots of assuming that's happening. There, it tends to result in assuming and expectations missing one another. They're not parallel. So we're going to touch on this um, during this episode. So this is going to be fruitful. I dare you 
to listen to this with your spouse. I triple dog dare you. Whether you're listening to it now and you're a single person, you're dating, you're in the courtship phase, this is like some good premarital stuff as well. But if you are 7, 10, 20 years in, this is something that can apply to your situation today. I yeah. promise. You excited about this? I am. You looking I, forward to it? I feel like, you know, there was some, there's some preparation, but I feel like this can go anywhere. Yeah. It can go all types <laughs> of di- directions, all types of directions. Um, so we are going to start off with this question. What's the point of the check-in and how frequently should it happen? Are you asking me? Yeah. We're okay, going to, we're going to go it. back and forth. This okay, is, cool. you know, free flow situation. Yes. Um, it, it really is seasonal, I think, because there's seasons where we are checking in daily. Just a quick little check-in, like, how are you really doing? Where are you at spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally? But um, intentionally, at least weekly, mm-hmm. there should be a check-in. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a real intentional time to check-in with your spouse. and. Then there's, uh, to elaborate a little bit more, there's 90-day check-ins. That's like the mm-hmm. deep dive into yeah, everything yeah. Yeah. because we, our brains tend to need a, some encouragement and a reset every 90 days. Yeah. So. yeah, so you're referencing the longer form check-ins. So that's longer form being the weekly mm-hmm. that you're talking about, that being a, a touch point that transpires as an assessment if uh, and that's essentially what check-ins serve as or one of the important aspects of check-in is to assess what has transpired what's going on and what are we looking forward to so there is the weekly like let's break this whole thing down and this might take place for an hour long 30 minutes to an hour something like that um but then we tend to have like a quarterly situation. And this is kind of the more advanced aspect of checking in yeah. because we're dreaming together. We have expectations, desires that align. We got a lot of kids as well. <laughs> so, and a little bit of OCD. And a little bit of OCD. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, this is Margot's strength and her desire uh, for us to have clarity in all aspects of things. I appreciate it. But, you know, this is a strength of Margo's. So we tend to have a quarterly. We have something at the midpoint of the year. And then we as a family come together after the year is up. And we're about to be doing this as 2023 comes to an end and we start 2024. And it's so funny uh, because what we do in part as the new year starts where we go- we're going into it, we draw, uh, we <laughs> illustrate what has kind of happened throughout the current year and then we are drawing concerning what we aspire toward or you know what our desires may be in the upcoming year do you want to get into what your <laughs> most recent last year's drawing consisted of? i don't even i okay so i like to draw so it's you know i get i typically would get detailed and make it all you know cute but also be very real and this last year <laughs> It would be like four things, like three or four things that I want to like leave behind in yeah. 2023 and then what I'm aspiring. 
in 2024. Yeah. And the, her drawings, because she has a, a pretty good skill set. She has the shadings. She has <laughs> all these things typically going on annually. So it's like this nice thing that kind of paints a really, really clear and cool picture of what's happening and what Clearly, we're looking forward to. Clear is it? Yeah. So last year, the reason I'm laughing so much is last year I was looking because we keep them and I looked at last year's and um, I think it was just one drawing from each side and it was just scribbles. Uh, it was just scribbles uh, for 2022. And then 2023, I think, had like a smiley face yeah. or something. <laughs> like literal just two lines yeah. of smiley face. So um, that was that's where I was at. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. a rough year. It was a really tough year. Um, it was, you know. My brother had passed away last year, so it was kind of a mess. Yeah. My just the state of the that whole year for me, I didn't really recall. So anyway, that's why I laugh at yeah. it. Yeah, but it's really cool because this year has been a smiley face year. Yeah, it really has been. So you're smiling yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. Colgate. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. And I, I appreciate hello. hello. Okay, <laughs> uh, I the simplicity of it. Um, and again, that's our that's our yearly thing, and it's something that we get to do with the kids. It's fun. It teaches them to to dream, to yeah. assess, recall, as well as aspire toward the future. Um, but there also is the the brief and the less formal check ins that take place on a daily basis. And this happens, we, we are fortunate enough to work with one another and we do ministry together and some circumstance has allowed for us to have more time to connect, <laughs> which is wonderful. So we have the chance to connect more than the average folks. And I believe that's in part because we are serving the family. So we have to function on the extreme ends of some areas of marriage and whatnot, but they're all tangible and relatable, accessible, uh, or attainable rather, um, things that marriages should aspire toward that all families and marriages have access to relationships in general, that just the, um, conversing and really checking in and being present in conversation, I think is huge. And that's something that has been a strong suit for us. And it's also been something that's been attacked and, yeah. and we've struggled in. So we know that we have to be intentional about it and I enjoy it. And that daily check-in, something like 15, 10, 15 minutes is adequate for... Even five, dude, for, two to five minutes is adequate <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes mm -hmm. just having that moment where we can look one another in the eyes to genuinely be concerned about the other party and be invested to have that empathy, to have to exercise understanding and to hit a pause on all things that are taking place, whether at work, with the kids, with the family, whatever. There are so many things. There are so many moving pieces. So for us to exercise intention, and my suggestion is something like if, if we can aim for a 10 to 15 uh, minute investment check-in, a minimum of something like three to five days a week, I know the more the merrier. But if that's something that we can do that regularly, then our 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 marriages and our families will be well served as a result. And I know this is difficult, and that's like the, that's a low bar because there are some circumstance concerning work or different forms of service, things that are just occupying your time. Your personality type, 
or personality types, you know, especially yeah. when they function in opposition to one another, um, where, you know, that stuff can be difficult. And for some, for us, the 15 minutes, five days a week, that's easy peasy. Um, again, we function on the extreme ends of things because of the fact that we are at service to families and there is much that we have to learn, grow in and operate. And I think because we like each other. We also like each other. Yeah. Um, and again, as I mentioned previously, this was a difficult thing for us. This has not always been easy, but we've seen the value and what it has essentially reaped in our marriage and in our family. And it's a, it's a very good thing. It serves yeah. us. Great. I think that when I, I mentioned personality type, because I think about myself, I am not the one to typically want to talk, talk about what's going on in my day. I actually like, don't call me and ask me what I'm doing. Um, you know, friends, relatives, they, they know this. Um, I get a little bit cringy. Like I don't want to explain things, yeah. but for whatever reason, I think, you know, because of the intentionality that we have had and that we have, um, I, I it's necessary yeah. with us. But um, so I think that it might be uncomfortable. So I say this as somebody that might be like cringing at the thought of doing this. I might be uncomfortable for a little bit, but then the value will outweigh the un- the discomfort. In yeah. It. Yeah. And now she's just thirsty, guys. She just wants to talk to you, boy. All the- <laughs> yeah. sometimes we don't have time to check in and then you want to make food when you get home late instead oh, of just coming wow. and talking to me. <laughs> we're, we're, we're operating within a 24 hour period right now. She's talking about last night. I, you know, I came in late okay. from worship practice and whatnot, came in, we spoke that intentional time, you know, missed my boo as well. Mm-hmm. It's probably about 10, 10 o'clock that I got in yeah. or so. I thought you were going to say 10 minutes. I'm like, no, that was like three minutes of conversation. Oh my gosh. It was not three minutes. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got that connection time. And then there are some things I had to do and uh, it wasn't it wasn't enough because- He my- got a rolling eye text message with good night. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't hang out longer. Um, but that's because we have developed this this muscle where- not only do, do, again, we recognize the need for us to connect, but we enjoy it. Yeah. We enjoy talking to one another. And it's not to the point where we can do it at any po- point in time for ever. Yeah. You know, we do end up experiencing attacks because there are things to address because we don't necessarily need to connect at all times um, concerning anything and everything, but it's an opportunity that we take advantage of for the sake of, again, connecting with one another, knowing what's going on with each other and for just uh, keeping the complacency from transpiring. Because when it comes to assessment, when it comes to us kind of probing, and that's something that we get to do when we're checking in, it allows for things to remain functioning optimally. Yeah. Like we get to test and see the life of things we get to sow into, we get to learn from. Um, because if anything, anything left untouched, anything left um, without some form of handling or tending to, it deteriorates. Uh, whether it's a corrosion, whether it's corrupted, you, you have a vehicle, for instance, brand new, you leave it in your driveway for 50, 100 years and nobody touched it, that thing is not going to function as it was once able to. 
Um, it's going to be less functional. There will be some damage. How did that happen? That's because anything left untouched, anything that is not tended to will naturally corrode, will naturally deteriorate. And that applies to the marriage relationship. And that's why we check in. We have to know what's going on. We have to be invested in one another and we have to fight off the tendency to grow familiar, the tendency of growing familiar with yeah. one another. Um, where it's just like, I know her, she knows me, and we can do the whole telepathic communication thing and then proceed. But that's that's not the truth. That's not how it works. We are both growing and we just have to make sure that we are, are growing uh, together and moving in the same direction. So if not, you're going to grow apart. Yep. And um, some people you know, have been together for a very long time. Um, since they were younger. So it's like, that's my best friend. They know me. I know them. And that's great. And yes, there are going to be some moments where you are telepathic with yeah, your spouse. For sure. Um, it, they're very enjoyable moments when that happens. But that's not the main source. Yeah. Um, and that's not what we just, uh, I, not depend on, but. Settle for. Settle for. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So I think that's a big deal. And I know that's a big deal. And ladies, maybe men too, but ladies, um, I know some, this sounds a little bit like a dream as far <laughs> as being able to converse with your spouse regularly because sometimes um typically what you have what you know is that men don't mm -hmm. want to talk or if they do it's very like i'm fine or very simple but that's not actually how it has to be yeah and that's settling from their end and and we'll get into it later on but sometimes that's a as a result of not being a safe place yeah either end uh so or getting to know each other in a different way Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Let's actually hop into that right now. Okay. I feel like that's a, a solid transition. There is uh, an apparent difference between men and women, and some of those function on a spectrum, but there are some generalizations as far as women functioning with a uh, mind that resembles spaghetti and all the wires connecting and different thoughts happening. And you, you're all of a sudden transitioning to a different topic entirely. And there's the expectation that he's gone on the ride with you. <laughs> that, that, that necessarily <laughs> that isn't necessarily the case because mm -hmm. it's because men referenced as uh, I forget the book um, waffles compartmentalizing. Yep, compartmentalizing. Sometimes it's the opposite, and it can be. Yeah, and it absolutely can be. Um, but there is a difference in just thinking and doing, and therefore communication is different as well and that can serve we've found that it can serve our relationship but if this is not something that we understand if it's something that we struggle with then it can pose a threat to our relationship as well um so do you want to touch on how you uh kind of when you're thinking about checking in what some of your your goals consist of and i think yeah. Again, you're you're seasoned at this point. This is something that you practice and you understand now, uh, and you have an understanding of me and how yes. I function. So, if you can recall who you once were <laughs> and your sure. expectations, uh, you know, and your former thinking and doing mm. versus now, it's good. Yeah. Okay, so I will. Um, I'll start with uh, humans. People, yeah. we can be very selfish and self-centered. So we see. And it makes sense because we experience our own experiences. Yeah. We have our own thoughts. We just, we see ourselves first before we see anybody else. And that is 
for me, that tended to be where I operated from without realizing it. Mm -hmm. It just, if it, if things did not make sense to me, in a sense, they still kind of are like this, but Mm -hmm. if they didn't make sense to me, I could not and would not move forward. So, um, if you behaved in a way, or if you responded in a way or said something in a certain way, I would feel personally attacked or feel like it was directed towards me. Mm -hmm. So I would respond accordingly. (laughs) And uh, with that being said, it was, there was, we would argue about dumb things or we wouldn't talk. There was moments where, or there was times since we don't, we, I don't, we typically don't yell at each. I don't think we've, I don't know if we ever have, we probably have, but we don't like argue and yell at each other. And so um, some people might think that's great, but we would just not talk (laughs) for an extended amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it could go like two weeks. It could. And we just doing life together. Yeah. Doing life and keeping it simple, but not nothing, nothing of substance. Nothing. Um, And like you knew, we knew that we were not talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think for, for me in that sense, I just didn't understand or wouldn't, I couldn't accept who you were and how you operated because mm-hmm. I could only see through my filter at that time. And um, I'm a big person of having like mentors and leaders in your life. And um, I knew when things got bad, I needed to hit someone up because I probably was not viewing it. I would view it. And so that I, I leaned on that a lot. Yeah. And other people telling me that you're wrong until I think I grew up a little bit and realized um, one, that you're a dope human. You know, and realizing how you operate, what, what, what triggers do you have, and realizing that you are not whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so expecting you to operate as a whole person all the time was not fair because I didn't do that. So I think realizing that, okay, you have your own process, and I have my own process, and then coming from a place of like compassion. Yeah. And not expecting my expectation just dwindled a lot. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Just dwindled a lot. Um, and that in turn helped my expectation for myself dwindle yeah. too, because it just like gave you a break. Yeah. It gave me a break. Like it's, we're not, we're on the same team. Yeah. We're, we're raising the same family. And if I really mean this, I'm in this for life, then I better freaking get it together because I don't want it to be like just tension all the time. Yeah. When it comes to hard conversations or, just walking around frustrated because I think that you don't like me or that you, whatever assumptions I had because of whatever response you had. Yeah. So I think that, um, benefit of the doubt really, um, I remember I, you know, gave you a card one year benefit of the doubt card and you were so excited. And I, that really like in conversation really showed me that I do not, I did not give the benefit of the doubt. I assumed the worst first instead of assuming the best first. Yeah. And, so, um, yeah, that's then. I think I explained that pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was super right? good. Okay. And then now, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and toot my, horn, my own horn a little bit. Yeah. I don't trust my opinion so much. My initial opinion, I just don't trust it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have been wrong in the past and I will be wrong in the future. Um, and assuming really does not do anything. So, I'm finally taking my own advice, like advice that I give other people and have given other people just taking that advice and, and giving it some time because sometimes it's just some time. Perfect example this morning. It was tense. The girls were wild. They were just 
just a mess. And we were both frustrated and you made a comment and like the days, like a crap show or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I checked it in that moment, but then I just kept, then I just shut up and just internalized what I need to do for myself and for what the situation. Um, but I could have said a lot of things. Yeah. I could have made it a big deal. But really, you were, we were both frustrated, not with each other, just the situation. Like, no one wants to wake up or start their morning with chaos. Yeah. You know, like, dude, I, I haven't even read my Bible yet. I haven't even talked to Jesus yet. And you're in here crying to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me a second. So, um, realizing is that a natural place that you, or things that you say? No, it's not. It, was it? Did it make sense? Yeah. So just giving it a moment and then taking the advice that I would give the kids. I would give the kids, I would say, hey, go go to your, by your, um, to your room and go worship or go talk to Jesus or take a second, go scream in your pillow, go do something, yeah. like remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. And so I just took my own advice that I would have given and that in turn, we're able to do the record today because we probably wouldn't have been recording. We yeah. probably wouldn't have been in a, place where we're just frustrated and and not and amara probably would have still been here (laughs) yeah absolutely um again today i just don't trust my opinion as much as i did before i really have to like pause i pause a lot more and give the benefit of the doubt from both not not perfect at it but i am so much better than i used to be um i'm realizing you're not just you're not out to get me yeah you know like i feel like i had this perspective like in the past that you were out to get me and uh, that is not the case so realizing if you're if it was the case then that means i'm out to get you and that wasn't the truth yeah. it's not the truth so i thought it's not always true wow what that's a super good answer oh, thank you wow Did i get an a it's <laughs> exceptional babe and that's wonderful the growth is crazy okay calm down <laughs> let's talk about you now okay how was it before <laughs> yeah so when it came to checking in connecting communication one thing that a lot of men struggle with is the tendency to beat themselves up so they oftentimes don't need to be reminded of their shortcomings. Mm, that's good. So I would constantly, I'd have this high expectation for myself, you know, assuming that I'm a whole person. Why not? <laughs> Why am I not a whole person? <laughs> Why can I function as a whole man? And therefore, I would have this just extreme vision concerning what things should look like, what I should be doing. And then when I fell short, like the constant, she's, Margot has read many of my journals and I, I was hard on myself. I'm still, you know, I, it's important. You used to beat yourself up. It'd be pretty bad. Yeah. It'd be pretty bad. I was angry sometimes. Yeah. Your journals. Yeah. It, it can be pretty bad. So I would be experiencing this and having this expectation to, to be a husband, to be a father to be a minister in the church, to be a good son, a good sibling, a good friend, and all these things. Um, and obviously, women are also trying their best as well. And I, I recognize that, but I'm, I'm trying to do these things and I'm kind of crushing myself because I am not meeting my expectation. And then when it comes time for us to connect, for me to be invested in all that stuff, and then for me to fall short 
of your expectations concerning who I should be, <laughs> how I should be communicating. It, it just crushed me. It's one thing for me to be disappointed with myself, but husbands, as we are experiencing the disappointment from our wives in that we can't be who they desire us to be. Um, it's, it's crushing, it's deflating, it results in us wanting to check out. And obviously, as you mentioned, it, it, it came from a place of misunderstanding, misunderstanding me, misunderstanding yourself and how we should go about doing this. But it's just taken so personally on every end. So uh, initially, early on, I would just take any criticism because I'm already taxed out with criticism. I'm at 90, 90, 95%. And you hit me with more than the 5% uh, <laughs> left to just completely, you know, cause deflation. Um, and obviously this is a me thing. This is not something that you were producing. It wasn't your desire for me, but it was just the response. It was just what I was experiencing. And therefore, it would remove my desire for connection. There would be times where I love you and I want the connection and I want you to be pleased with me. I want us to be in a thriving relationship. But the thought of approaching you and us having a conversation and then for me to something to be pinpointed that needs to be better when I'm doing what I believe is the best with what I have, um, according to my understanding and my ability, it just, it became, there were times where it was just unappealing. Like I just, I can't do it because I don't want to be, I don't want to be crushed. And again, this is because of the state of my mind, the state of my heart, because I find myself today not having so much, obviously I've grown in that I'm not as critical toward myself. And then there is an understanding of your heart concerning me. Um, your heart isn't to crush me. It isn't to harm me. It is for the sake of our relationship. And sure, in every marriage relationship, there will be a degree of selfishness. So there is like, I want to connect. It's not for uh, our relationship. It'll benefit our relationship, yeah. but there is some selfishness that should be allowed in every marriage. And that this is something that I want. I want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to talk to you, dude. That's like, I don't necessarily need it. Like I'm good right now, but I want this. Um, and, and that's okay. But as far as stepping up and being able to have those conversations and receive whether criticism, correction, and again, it's not something that you're doing intentionally, but you might be pinpointing something that maybe I missed that will serve not just yourself, but potentially our relationship, something concerning the kids as well. And I, those things, although they carry weight. It's the right kind of weight. It's not the crushing weight. It's not the, the personal, you're not good enough. Um, you are constantly making these mistakes and it's not compiled with the criticism that I have toward myself. And there are moments where I experience that familiar, just overwhelming sense of just things aren't right. Um, and that's when I need to lean on Jesus. That's one of the greatest signs that I am not connecting with him. I'm whether not in my word as much as I should be. Prayer is a huge thing, but if I'm good there, then all these other things, like I am not taxed as much. Yeah. It doesn't require as much from me. And then I am able to receive things the right way. So that's where 
I was and how I've progressed. And man, it's made such a difference in my personal well-being. I'm closer to being that whole person. Um, and then our relationship as a result does not suffer as it once did. Yeah. It's the filter. Like the yeah. Jesus component is the filter yep. in which how, like that's, that's how we get to where we are right now. Yeah. And I wanted to make mention how we talk to our spouse about things that are hard and when we talk to them about it is very important. Yeah. Not everything is pressing and they need to know right now. Because if that's the case, then it's probably more selfish than it, it's more about you than mm-hmm. it is about them. Mm-hmm. So uh, the time, like sometimes I'll recognize some things that I want to point out or talk to you about. And I can't just do it whenever. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. Because you won't receive. Yeah. Um, and then we're just going to fight yeah. because of it. Um, and so asking myself why I want to do it. And then trusting that if I'm not supposed to say it, that God's going to handle it. Yeah. Right. God's yeah. going to um, reveal it to you. And that I've seen that time and time again through a marriage for myself, if whether I'm not making a decision and then God will come through uh, a lot, just really trusting that process and uh, trusting God with you yeah. and you doing that vice versa. Uh, like, you know, this last year and a half, I mean, maybe not this last, it's been, you know, it's, there's been a big change. But when I, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, after Pete passed, after my brother passed away, that was a, I was a wreck. I was a mess. We were not doing check-ins. Mm-hmm. I was very checked out. Mm-hmm. I was angry. There was lots of different things. And um, you didn't have much more to give. Yet, you were in this place where you knew that there was nothing you could do to help me outside of just handling things mm-hmm. with the kids, with the house. And then being still being there from it was wild. I don't know how I really still don't know how you did it, but that those times allowed for me to recognize also wow, like when you trusted God in that process yeah. and look where I am today. I get to be today yeah. because you weren't just poking at me and and bringing up the ugly that was transpiring yeah. because it was really ugly. Yeah. It was, um, and sometimes there's moments still, but. I can, I can go, I go to the source now. Yeah. Right. So there was some frustration with you during that time, even though you were like, you were doing your very best. I don't know how you did it, but you were. And, um, and our family, I mean, when you talking about, I'm glad you're back. Like, you know, when you're celebrating things and the kids are like, where'd you go? Where, Where did mom go? Like them not really knowing how bad it was for me is a sign that they had, you know, you during that time to really um, be a good balance. So anyhow, why did I bring that up? I brought that up because, um, oh, recognize like you trusted God with me during that time. And, but you still did what you needed to do. Um, and then you were there. Um, and sometimes you didn't want to be there, (laughs) but you were, you chose to be. So I think choosing how and when really matters Yeah, because then after the fact you were able to, there was, you had space, you had room to bring things up and to talk about things. Um, and it's, 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 it was a safer place. Yeah. So we talked about going to the safer place. Absolutely. And to, just to finish mm-hmm. on that, that point, if everything is an emergency, as far as bringing things up and all that, then nothing, then nothing is, is yeah. an emergency. That's good. Um, and that really does depend on that trust um, that we have with God, because if we are the source 
of information and all that, if we are responsible for everything that our spouse understands and them responding in a certain way, whether relation relationally in life, whatever, if that depends on us, if that hinges solely on us, then we're in trouble. We're in trouble. (laughs) Because we're human. We're in trouble. It's a it's a problem. Mm -hmm. We are not supposed to function in that capacity within our marriage. We are not. We're not. So we're supposed to exercise a trust. We are supposed to have a prayer life where we have these concerns, whether we have um, these sources of frustration, of stress, whatever the case that we're giving to God. And we have to, in our relationship, we are fortunate enough to know that God is with us. He's for us. And wherever we don't have, whether the right or the room to communicate one thing or another, God is willing and able. And he it tends to be a more effective communicator <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> than, yeah. than we are. Um, there are times, and I learned during that period of struggle for you, as after your brother passed, where I had so little room to insert myself, to uh, kind of give advice or any direction. Uh, it really was a reliance on God. Like I had, there were just moments where I literally had zero. Like I had, mm-hmm. I had no, no right, no room. You had to go through what you were going through and I had to trust that God was with you and that whatever you needed, he would provide. And fortunately, I recognized that and I, and I approached Margot accordingly. Wow. I learned as a husband and a spouse just to be there. And then for, for God to handle the rest. And because of it, we are like, we're here. If I continue to try to insert myself, to give the advice, to do this and that, to make all the difference, then we'd be in trouble. Or even to take advantage of moments where I did open up yeah. and want you to, to save the day. And you were like, I can't be the one that saves the day. Yeah. That's basically what it was. And thank God you didn't. Yeah. Because it, a lot of it would have been you yeah. and not the source. Yeah. You know? So uh, that was, you know, it's, it's really great to be able to, to trust like God. And yeah. um, so one thing I want to make mention before we move forward yeah. is uh, sometimes we hear you have to fully be able to trust your spouse. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do not fully trust you. You yeah. do not fully trust me. Yeah. We're not, we're human. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I do trust that you will be faithful yep. to this marriage. I do trust that you have our best interest at heart. I do trust that you love me, you care about me, but I don't trust that you're going to do every single thing right. Yeah. And that you're never going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, because and that promises will always be kept. Yeah. Reality is that's not the truth. Yeah. Um, we actually have a rule not to make stupid promises. Yeah. Like just don't promise things that are necessary. I used to and about <laughs> 99% of them failed. 99%. Um, <laughs> but fully trust God and trust your spouse, but you don't fully trust any human being. Yeah. That's, that would be really it's silly because possible. we're human. We're going to make mistakes Yeah, and we are going to fail each other. We will fail each other yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Um, 
And we're not saying that we have an open marriage. No, nope, <laughs> we're not saying that. We are not saying nope. we're not saying anything of the sort. We're not saying, oh, everything goes, everything's cool. No, no, no. Absolutely not. I no. actually had a dream the other night. What? And uh Margot was kind of flirting with this other dude. He was coming hard. She was entertaining it. And I was violent. I was not happy. I was the jealousy was insane. Um, and that applies to whether I'm dreaming or in real life. <laughs> it's actually really flattering whenever you get jealous about anything. It's like, oh, tell me more. I try that. to stay composed and keep it together. Um, but that doesn't mean anything goes. It just means like the things that matter are in the right hands. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we trust God. And then we also trust that we are doing the things to remain in right standing with him. And if we are in right standing with him, then it's hard not to be mm, in right standing within our marriage relationship. And then the communication. Yeah. We, t- we know what's going on in each other's life. Yeah. Like, we have full access to each other's phones at yep. any given moment. Yeah. Um, unless you're in the bathroom. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we have full access to each other, which is um and, and to whatever we have at hand. You know, there is no secrets outside of presence. There's no secrets. Yeah. Absolutely. Presence as in like gifts. Gifts. And speaking of gifts, there's nothing like the right kind of energy at the right time. I found that there's a better option than chugging a cup of coffee every couple of hours throughout the day. For those of us that can't imagine our mornings without our cup of Joe or Joanne, whatever you prefer, the amazing ingredients within Magic Mind can extend the effects of your caffeine without all of the consequences of overconsumption. So whether Magic Mind becomes your go-to energy source or you simply want to enhance your caffeine experience. You're winning with this magic in a bottle. Take advantage by going to www.magicmind.com blended and use the discount code blended20 for up to 56% off of your subscription to a better caffeine regimen. Awesome. And that, that kind of touches on the safe place component and how Mm. we operate as one another's safe place, because that's a really important factor when it comes to communication and the check-ins, the Mm. check-ins are less desirable. And we're not saying that we always desire and look forward to our check-ins. There are some moments where it's difficult, whether something has transpired or we have expectations that we know may contradict one another and therefore it creates whether a attention whether it is communicated or it's not and it's important for us to ultimately be a safe place so that we can whether in that tension or whether the conflict is present we are still able to check in with one another and have productive conversations um so as far as being a safe place. I know this is something that is huge on both ends, but it's also different on both ends. As I was mentioning, being a safe place as a man oftentimes consists of us listening and doing so intently and being invested and really being concerned about the things that are happening in your life, the things that that concern you. I adopt the concern to a degree. And it's not something that I can allow to run my life. 
Um, because I've been there where it's just like the things that are working you up, I'm allowing to work me up all the way. And then we got a bunch of kids that are just like <laughs> that require to a some degree the same amount of intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just like stressed out. <laughs> uh, so it's not something that I uh, allow to run my life, but it's I take on because yeah. we're one because I'm your spouse. And that allows for us, me to function as a safe place for you, I've found. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I, I would say that you were a safe place for me before I was a safe place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was, it's kind of recent. I think within the last, maybe like maybe the last couple of years, but yeah. even more so now um, as I've matured in my understanding about um, you and about relationship and marriage and, yeah. you know, conversing and the check ins. Like I, I, you have, been a safe place for me for a while i feel like i was kind of i was kind of the the mess you know i think we both were but i yeah. you know i brought a lot in you know and <laughs> so i think you had to kind of like be uh uh what's the word you know even keel even keel you had to be stable stable uh, okay calm down. and my instability yeah yeah, yeah. stable in your instability. <laughs> but you had to kind of be unbiased that's the word and because I brought a lot and I really, uh, I never trusted somebody um, with my heart the way that I trust you. So it was like this, a foreign thing that I, that I didn't know how to, to do. So I just kind of just like unloaded it all. And, um, and you were a safe place. You didn't, um, there was moments where you weren't a safe place. There was times where it wasn't, where it was like used against me. Yeah. Um, as far as not used against me, but you would be frustrated with me because I didn't know how to communicate certain things. Yeah. Um, but so safe place is, it looks like not, it, it looks like hearing my heart despite my words, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, you really kind of had to filter through some things. Yeah. And, um, again, I told you, I mentioned earlier, I had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Like, so now, sometimes there's some things that are said that I'm like, that ain't it. Mm-hmm. But I just will just like quiet my mind a little bit yeah. and, and shut my mouth because it's just what you're feeling in the moment. Yeah. Or it's just, you know, that's just what it is in the moment, but yeah. it's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And so really good. I think the safe place now is for both of us is understanding each other's heart behind just who you are and understanding your heart. So even though you might say something that's contradictory to who you are, I know that's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. And feelings ultimately, because we know each other in this, they don't lead the way for us. Yeah. Sometimes they'll start to, but we'll be able to check that. Yeah. And so I trust that you um, engage your process. And I believe that you trust that I engage my process. That's why it's safe. It's not we're not gathering like ammo. Like when you say things like, all right, well, remember this, remember this. Like it's, uh, that's kind of a blessing and a curse maybe for me. I don't remember a lot of things, (laughs) Um, but I'm not gathering the stuff to throw back at you. It's really good, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned just coming in with baggage and that's Mm -hmm. most people that's 90% plus of relationships. It is Mm -hmm. even if you come from a healthy situation, healthy family, you are coming in with some form of baggage or a perspective that is not going to necessarily serve your relationship or serve the person that you're with. Um, especially if we have 
a litany of relationships that have transpired mm-hmm. prior to the person that we are committing our lives with. Yeah. We can almost like we can't even take a lot of those tools, so to speak, into this relationship, into this all important relationship. But when it comes to those of us that have experienced disorder and that have baggage, we are likely to test the boundaries of our safe place. Yeah. And what that will look like is (laughs) childish behavior and tantrums and saying things that are hurtful to see if this person is going to stay or not. And this is something sabotage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is something that the both of us did to a degree. There will be times where you would push me away and you'd be like, Hey, is, is this in innately within yourself? You're like, is this guy going to fight for me? Is he going to stick around? Literally as women would think we think that sometimes. (laughs) So let's be real. Sometimes we're like, okay, I'm going to push you away and then get mad when you don't fight. Like to, to stay close. So anyway, (laughs) yes, that's a thing. Absolutely. And then Mm -hmm. you, we turn around on the other end and there are a lot of men that don't feel they have the freedom to say things concerning their process or some of their thoughts because, uh, a lot of (laughs) women, they take those words literally. And what, uh, comes out of the mouth of a man is kind of final. Like that is your, that is your conclusion. That is your perspective. That is your belief. And that's why a lot of men shut their mouths because they don't want to process out loud because that could result in your harm because you take like you're, you are applying too much weight to what it is that he's saying. And that results in a lot of frustration because that means there are men that are that have their mouth closed. They don't feel they have the room because it's dangerous. The things they've learned that what comes out of their mouth is harmful and dangerous. And that is of concern for us because we don't want to cause harm. But at the same time, also don't want the drama, but also don't want the drama, <laughs> but also do not want the, the drama. And, and then there are on the other end, um, it's offensive because there's this feeling that we don't desire connection. This all important connection and the checking in and things of that nature. So there's just like, there's just a missing each other because of misunderstanding. It really comes down to misunderstanding. And this is all the more the case when we don't have that reference point of Jesus and we are not humbling ourselves. It requires to uh, us to humble ourselves prior to coming into this connection point. Because then we will kind of almost hope that this experience, the exchange between us will result in the humbling. Mm -hmm. And it oftentimes doesn't. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. It tends to kind of cause more tension or friction and whatnot. But if we have a mutual understanding of how we are called to operate, and then we can come together and recognize that mutually come into agreement with it. And we're just, we're submitted to a mutual source. And that's why we are, we're oftentimes talking about accountability um, because there are other people outside of our relationship, mentorship, support. We got friends that are a community of people that love us, that surround us so that it is not just us. If we are left to our own devices and we have been, we're destructive. 
we harm each other, we harm ourselves. But again, if we are submitted to a mutual source, that being Jesus, and then we have the support of people that actually care about our marriage thriving and our family being successful in every respect, um, then we're good. Then yeah. we are, then we we are surrounded by safety. Even when we enter those moments where things are as tumultuous as ever, like to be in safety makes the difference. It really does. Yeah. And it's, it's important to note that we don't always see it when we're in it. So stepping back and like, that's where that, that's where it becomes a safe place when you just step back for yeah. a moment and you don't just, you don't take the words so literal and and the way that men and women are able to, um, I guess, get to a safer place for their spouses by get, be, getting to a safer place for themselves. Yeah, definitely. And so, really understanding how we operate, what are what are what are our actual thoughts? What, how do we actually feel about certain things? And being truthful and honest with ourselves, and then that allows us to be able to be truthful and honest with our spouse. You yeah. know, recognizing. Wow, I actually kind of suck in some areas mm. <laughs> where I'm really selfish. Yeah. Like we're so, I realized like I how selfish I how much I made things about me. Um and it's really easy to do that. It's yeah. good stuff, babe. It is good stuff. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the next question. We got a couple more. <laughs> do we take the threats that come against one another personally? And what I mean by that is the threats that come against you, the stressors that you feel. Do I take those personally do you do you take personally the stressors and when i'm taxed and when there's i'm experiencing some form of strain do you take that personally and i feel like there are two meanings mm, yeah. for when we take it personally there is either this is offensive to me <laughs> that you are a human being experiencing life <laughs> and you are not simply happy to be with me. <laughs> In my presence. You should absolutely be walking on sunshine because I said, yes, is can be your kind of perspective experience. And I should, the opportunity that I had simply to propose to you means that my life, I should, there should never not. want anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so when we are offended by the experience, of our spouse, especially if it affects us, whether directly or indirectly, as well as the children, whether they are biological or stepchildren, that's taking it personally. Or there is the other end of taking it personally in that whatever stressors you experience, that means there is a threat present that I, we are addressing together. This is a, a we fight opposed to a you fight. Yeah. And when, when I'm going something, it's a we fight opposed to a me fight and something that I'm dealing with on my own. So there are two forms of taking, taking it personally. So let's focus first. Well, we kind of touched on the offensive end to a degree, um, but let's talk about the other end when we are experiencing that strain and those threats. How do we go about taking it personally um, so that we are taking on some of the burden that our spouse may be experiencing. Yeah. That's a good one. I feel like we, we, you and I operate a little bit differently in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, we operate different and not, but uh, so I, should I speak on how I operate sure. or how you operate? Are you? Yeah. 
Um, I, for my end, uh, nowadays, I'm just gonna speak about now. Yeah. I, I try not to take it on because if I take it on, then we're both mad yeah. <laughs> or frustrated yeah. and that's not good. Mm-hmm. So I try to um, personally step back and see it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always bring that to you. Um, but I like to talk it, like talk about it. And I, yeah. I affirm the feelings or thoughts that you yeah. might be feeling because if it's wrong, it's wrong, Yeah, you know? And, but then I can, I sometimes tend to try to look at it in a different way. It depends on where I'm at. But previously, I was a little bit like judgy, you know, yeah. like for people and situations. And I didn't have much compassion or grace for humans in general. Yeah. So I'd be like, let's go, let's, let's fight together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in this. Um, so I think that, so it's a, sometimes I'll fight from a, a, just a different angle, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And that's how I operate. I've found that something that you do now is that whether there be a core issue or the source of a matter, you will kind of support around the matter. Mm -hmm. There are things that whether I'm going through this thing um, and I'm kind of zoned in on it, and whether it's overwhelming or it's something that has my focus, you tend to be able to see the things that are happening around it so that, that can al- potentially affect it yeah so mm-hmm. that allows for the alleviation mm-hmm. of the stress that i'm feeling as i'm focused on this thing and it's just condensed because you address these outward factors it is now something that is dissipated a mm-hmm. bit so it's expanded in that it's not like that doesn't make it a bigger thing it just it makes it less than mm-hmm. because as people as men, I, I, I find that men can get hyper-focused on this issue and we just want to solve it. And there are times in my experience where it, it's a lot and I, like, I can't manage this thing on my own and manage all of the other life circumstance. Yeah. Um, but you kind of address the things and those things may concern the matter in that you are identifying something in particular, a facet of it that is also contributing to the stress and you take it off my plate, which is amazing. Or you are doing some of the smaller things that allow for me to address this thing. So whether it is uh, you handling the girls, whether it is you making food or something, whether whether it is, do you need to have sex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, <laughs> bro <so> do you... <laughs> and then i start giggling and yeah. i'm just like and then i'm just like yeah so and sometimes i you know I, maybe it's just me but as men sometimes, sometimes just communicate yeah, sometimes it's re- just really basic it's just like super basic can you scratch my back please um but and there are just a litany of other things and you have a gift set when it comes to order when it comes to being strategic. So as we work together, as we do ministry, things that concern timing, scheduling, like that, those are forms of relief that you provide that um, contribute toward addressing the issue at hand. Um, So that's how it becomes like, this is something that you take personally and you do it in your own way. Yeah, that's good. Cause you, I don't want it. It's, it doesn't bring me joy, you know, when you're stressing out about something. You kind of are the you, 
what you, how you show up really affects all of us. Right. So I think it's important to want to alleviate the stressor if you can in some way without being a part of it and for sure jumping into it. Yeah. And then as far as me providing relief for you, we've touched on it. Me listening, me allowing for you to express yourself concerning a matter. Oftentimes it's not like unless I've learned to ask if you want my advice. I know that I, I, because we've grown familiar with one another, I can tell by your tone, by your delivery, if you are, if you actually do desire it versus the times that you don't, I don't get it perfectly. Um, but because we've had so many check-ins, because I have experienced both ends where like I make things worse as a result of inserting myself or I provide re- remedy as a result. So I've kind of learned, but hearing you out, allowing you to express yourself for you to get some stuff off your chest for you to explore an idea or for me to identify things that are also contributing toward this, yeah. these stressors. Um, me, yeah, you often will tell me like, okay, go, go take some hours, go be by yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And, but I would say about 50% of the time I take advantage of that mm-hmm. and it's good. You recognize it. Um, and the other 50% is because I'm a planner. So sometimes I just don't know what to do with myself, mm-hmm. but yeah, absolutely. You recognize something and then you'll make it happen. You're you're okay. So Jeremiah is um, not a normal human <laughs> when it comes to being a man and a spouse because he can handle everything in the home, literally everything. And like it's you know how sometimes when a mom leaves, they're like, okay, they want to make sure everything's in order. Like there is, I can just pick up and go and not worry about anything at all. I can literally leave for a month and everything would be fine. Um, so I have weaknesses all elsewhere. So yes, <laughs> we all do. Um, but that was, that, that isn't always the case for people. Yeah. So how can a man recognize what their, um, wife needs? Yeah. Like how can they alleviate things if maybe they're not a very good cook or they don't know how to clean? Um, I mean, I kind of have an answer to that, but I, I'll let you in. Um, so yeah, I believe that love you know, mm. I know that's a simple answer. I know it's simple, but love, affirmation, whether words, acts, uh, a, a recognition, because there are women that feel like they're spiraling, mm. especially women that function at, not just as mothers, but as step parents, mm. um, especially if they are taking care of many of the household or the, the, responsibilities that pertain to the children and the things that they're doing throughout the week, et cetera. Um, a man, a husband that recognizes them, what they're doing and kind of gives them value, reaffirms what it is that, that they're doing, um, loving on them, uh, planning the date night and just making a concerted effort to be intentional. And that is something that is, is huge for women, especially when everyone's kind of drowning in all the to do's when there's so many things going on. It's so crucial when a man steps up, he recognizes that the family is in fact, not necessarily drowning, but there's just so many things going on. The little things, the little forms of intention that we exercise can make the difference. Like when you go to the store, Hey babe, I'm here. Do you want something? 
And yes, it is very likely that as you're checking out, that's when <laughs> that's when she's going to get back to you. And you're you're actually leaving to get back home. And she didn't say anything before. She said nothing. That but as you're personal. driving, but as you're driving home, she will text you. And guess what? You have a moment where you you're de- going to decide whether you're going to drive back to that store or not. I suggest you drive back, dude. Drive back to the store. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think um, that is a huge thing. Uh, the the love that we display through our intention in um, just affirming affirming our wives and again doing so at, uh, absent of occasion. Yeah, that's really good. Doesn't need to be a holiday. Doesn't need to be an anniversary. Doesn't need to be Valentine's Day. It should be on a a, a random Tuesday afternoon. Send your wife some flowers with a little bit of a card, and then. Do the hard part of not expecting something in mm, return. That's good. Um, growing in in such a way that you do it because you care about her and you care about your relationship. And will there be a reward at some point? Possibly. But if there's not, do not be discouraged. This is something, this is a way that we provide a service for our spouses and it makes a difference. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. Um and then I would say in the very moments too, not asking questions. <laughs> like for the spouse that doesn't really know how to do the dishes or clean or do whatever or take care of the kids, don't ask questions when they're when there's a in the middle of a spiral, right? Mm-hmm. A frustration. Um, so what do you mean by that? So for example, I, I, this is not our situation because, like I mentioned, you can you don't have to ask me how to change a diaper if that was mm-hmm, the case yeah. still, um, or how to. Uh, do you want the dishes in the, in, in the dishwasher or do you want them to dry on here or, you know, things like that. So, um, if someone's not used to doing something and they're trying to be a relief to their spouse, but they're asking them questions, that is one of the most frustrating things as a person. That's good. Yeah. Right. So just figure it out. As long as the kids are alive and they're, they're good, then you might do it wrong, but at least you're doing it. I think the thought, it's a thought that counts. And then if you're on the receiving end of that and they're doing it wrong, give them some grace, yeah. you know, like give them some grace. It's there. Obviously their heart is to relieve um, you from some stressors that you have. Um, and this can go both ways. This is not just, you know, from the wife's end, but typically that's how households operate. Right. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say before though, before you gave your answer, which was a really great answer is um, understanding how to like learn to do some things. Yeah. Like (laughs) this is not, I'm not saying that, you know, every single man's going to be that way, but there's some things you can figure. You can't just chalk things up. Like we should always be learning as humans. Yeah, We should always be learning. Like we can, I don't, I don't do the bulk of the cooking, but I know how to, right. And I can, the kids prefer your cooking anyway. (laughs) Um, They grade me every time I cook. (laughs) Just okay, mom, you did all right. This time you did good. (laughs) But um, learn some things. Yeah. You don't have to just, we, we, we can't chalk things up like, oh, this yeah. is just, I just don't do this. That's not fair to each other. That's not fair to yourself. We should always be learning and growing. Yeah. It's okay to recognize strengths and weaknesses and mm-hmm. for that to be apparent between the two of you. But learning and being willing to step into a role that we may be less familiar with. Yeah. And when that person does step into that role that they're less familiar with, don't crush them. Don't criticize them Please to don't. the point of discouragement. Like, don't like allow 
make room for failure. Yeah. Unless they served you raw chicken. That's a different story. Unless they attempted to poison you. <laughs> then it's like, hey, hey, like this is like this is a pro this yeah. is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> you could do it with love. Either uh, way, actually. But so. you could do it with love. You're like, oh, I only threw up seven times, babe. <laughs> could have been eight. It could have been eight or nine. <laughs> uh, uh, but don't criticize each other to the point where we're deflated and we no longer want to function in those roles. Yeah. And I've done that with Margot and Margot has done it to, to me. Yeah. Um, again, I am the primary communicator with both of the, the fathers that are involved. And there was a point where there was an event that was transpiring. This was probably like three, four, could have been five years ago. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but no, 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 this was a while ago, actually. This is when I initially tried and then I decided not to for years. Um, <laughs> um, but I was communicating concerning oh, organizing something. something. Margot said something and I lost it. I lost. I like, I said something as far as him doing, doing it wrong. Yeah. Saying, it, I don't even remember. It was, was a huge sure deal. A journal somewhere. It was a huge deal for me to communicate with the father um in general but then for that to receive criticism because i didn't communicate in a certain fashion or i didn't clarify uh her attending an event or something like that it just set me over um and this is a place that many marriages find themselves where it's just like i receive criticism in this state of vulnerability and then I decided in my heart never again make contracts yeah yeah and like fortunately i've Again, I've grown and I am the primary communicator and I'm not really worried about those other things because we have both grown because Margot has learned as far as her, you know, communication with me. And I've also become more secure in myself, in my role and, and therefore walking in, in purpose. Yeah. So even if that criticism were to transpire again, while I'm not a fan I'm not completely going to fall apart. As it a has, you know, I've, I've expressed frustration yes. with it and there's a little bit of tension in it, but it's not, it's, you understand why Yeah, I do. And then I have to step back and sit and, and I'm like grateful that I'm not the one, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, communicating from both ends Yeah, because I understand it, mm -hmm. you know, that's good. Yeah, it is good. So I interrupted you though, like while you were explaining the, safe place. Is there anything else you wanted to say around? I uh, know. Okay. I think, I think we touched on it pretty good. Yeah. Um, so to finish off, we have a couple options. So, uh, we can talk about follow through, um, of the check-ins and how we go about doing that. Um, and what the expectations kind of consist of around following through with our check-ins or we should, should we talk about the children? component and how that can affect kind of check-ins because for the blended family obviously it is a it can be a high stress point let's do the kids but we can touch on the other we thing can. really quickly um the follow-through is just follow through yeah set expectations of when we're going to follow through and then do it yeah and then sometimes when there's intense moments where we're having conversation or someone one of us wants to talk and the other doesn't set a day and time when you will talk yeah. about it because sometimes we just have to process and we know whatever we say is not going to be good. So you just not want to, don't want to say anything at all and you have to get it together. Don't do any more than 48 hours out. 
but mm-hmm. set a time. Don't say, we'll just talk later. Yeah. No, be intentional about setting a time. Put your pride to the side and yeah. do that. So I think that would be follow yeah. through. There's not too much to say around it. And that's something that we learned, a technique that we adopted in that if it is tense, if things are, if we're not on the same page, and if it feels like the longer we go, the more mouth diarrhea is transpiring, the more offensive we're becoming. Or if you're asking me to answer a question in such a way that is literally going to be ill-received. Like it's <laughs> you, you're in no position to receive take the, bait. the take truth. The bait. <laughs> you're like, you're really like, take the bait, <laughs> offend me so we, this can implode and vice versa. Um, then it's important to see it for what it is, call it out and say, we will talk again. Like I recognize where this is going. Um, this is not productive. It's not serving us. So let's follow back. Let's, let's, let's give this, uh, some time and then let's follow back with this subject matter. Um, so for, for that to be adopted is going to save a ton of, of stress and heartache because these check-ins, it's not all blissful. Yes, there is the fun. There is the, the, opportunity to connect, to be intimate, to do all types of things during these check-ins, but there are real matters that we are dealing with. And therefore, we have to be strategic, we have to be tactful, and we also have to be super gracious and humble concerning these things. So yeah, follow through as far as expectations are concerned. We might talk about something at, at some moment, and some of that is practical. In that I recognize this is happening and this is the change that we believe I need to make, we need to make together. And what we want to do is to step out of that check-in and we want to commit to what we committed to. And we will not always do that perfectly. We will fall short. We will make mistakes. We will resort to the former at times. So Again, having grace as we're stumbling through this, these new expectations, the new desires of operation, whether it concerns the marriage relationship, whether it concerns the to-dos throughout the week or how we are conducting ourselves relationally with the kids. Yeah. Um, there will be a falling short, but we absolutely later on as those expectations are met or touched on, like there are some times where just being affectionate with one of the children that you're struggling with, having that moment and then celebrating that during our next check-in, that that like that gets the ball rolling and there's a snowball effect and all of a sudden what was difficult before, what what began as an expectation or hope for your relationship for your family is normalcy. It's commonplace. But uh, the uh, I think grace is necessary. So we want to make these changes. We have these dreams. We have these desires. We want to get to the point where we are a thrive, thriving marriage and family, and we can scheme up anything and everything. But if we don't have the grace to arrive at that point, this is just these things are not going to happen overnight. It, like the, we're here because of years taxing and trying and fruitful and failing and failing <laughs> and everything in between, and we have not arrived yet. We won't ever really arrive, but we're here because we had the grace to allow ourselves both personally and collectively to arrive at this point. 
So real quick, we'll touch on the children. We are an hour and 15 minutes. Promise. Yeah. We're oh, fine. It's, it's a good, good conversation. Whatever. It's good. This is fantastic. So obviously tr- children are, they're wonderful stressors. And when it comes to the blended family, this is a source of so much of the fighting and the friction and why a lot of marriage relationships uh, remain under threat and experience insecurity. And it's not because of the children. It is not because of the children. It's because of the state that we are in personally and collectively. So if we have insecurity within our marriage relationship, then we are going to be more sensitive to the chaos and the disorder that a kid is capable of producing 100%. And some of it is just, (laughs) some of us need to realize that kids are kids. Like you're dealing with a human being that is developing, that is kind of a fish out of water in that they're flopping through life and kind of like growing legs, <laughs> you know, figure it. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, but this is just, this is a, ch- a child and this is part of their process. And then there is also a need to understand that this child has been subject to something that has failed, whether a marriage relationship, whether it was a, uh, a pregnancy and like we're on the other side of that relationship not working out, they may not have even met their other parent before. No. Um, so they're not familiar with what it means to be under the authority and leadership under this other person. But it's some form of disorder and this person is developing and trying to make sense of your marriage relationship, their relationship with their siblings and step-siblings and life. And that's, again, that's a difficult thing to do in the nuclear family. And it is extremely difficult to do and trying for a young person growing up in a blended family. Yeah. They didn't ask for any of it. Yeah. You have to remember that. Um, we expect them to be superhuman and be able to handle and navigate situations. Um, I don't know the percentage of kids that go from, you know, to two different homes, but most step, I think most kids that are in step families, they go from different home, you mm-hmm. know, home to home and whatever capacity that may look like. Yeah. And we expect them to be just these upstanding citizens and know how to handle it, but yeah. they're still actually in the middle of growing up and their brain developing. I know many adults that are still developing and that are not very mature and they're in their twenties and thirties mm-hmm. and forties. So fifties and sixties too, actually. <laughs> um, but then we expect these young kids to have it, you know, together. So I think that's a really good point to make um, when it comes to just the role that they play in it. Yeah. And oftentimes as I believe as step parents, um, they tend or we tend um, to do the par- like sometimes we'd say the parenting first, mm-hmm. the kids first, and then the marriage. Yeah, and that's a detriment. Yeah, to the fo- family as a whole. Yeah, um, because if we just focus so much on the kid, then the other things will go to the wayside. It's, it's un untended, not tended to. Yeah. So I think that's a really big deal to make sure that we not only focus on marriage and communication, um, which will benefit. Yeah. The kids and the family. Um, not only do we do that, but we are, we do that first. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I will repeat that. Um, your children, well, upon getting married, your children are not supposed to be first. Mm-hmm. They are not. 
They are to be tended to. They are to be cared for. They are to be trained up in the way that they should go so that they will not depart from it. And obviously, we do so biblically. We, we try our best to submit our understanding to the word and how we believe God desires us to lead our children. And that what follows the priority that is our marriage relationship. And the way that we parent is a byproduct of our marriage. So there's no way, there's no way you will have a stronger marriage as a byproduct of the way that you raise children. That doesn't so work. Good. So good. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. That is out of order. Yeah. So it, it is important for your marriage relationship to be the priority so that you can serve them adequately. And that being said, that being said, that doesn't mean that there aren't moments or even seasons where our children require a ton of our attention and focus. There are moments when that is the case, but that cannot rob us of our ability to be in a marriage relationship. And that's all fa facets of marriage that concerns the, the strategy and the planning and the dreaming. But it also requires us to continue to have fun, to have dates, to get to know one another. When our children absorb so much of our attention and our intention that we can't do those things in our marriage, then everything suffers. Yeah. The children suffer because they are getting a, an amount of ten attention that they should not be. And that's why a lot of kids are walking around with a ton of authority. That's why they can disrespect a parent, a step parent. That's because the biological parent is giving them more attention, very likely, than they should be responding to their tantrums in ways or just the whatever in ways that they shouldn't. Um, and there's a, obviously all situations are unique and these are generalizations. So you have to kind of discern and figure out and pray through how it is we should kind of divvy this up as far as our attention and what it should look like. But these are this applies to many families. Yeah. And how that shows up practically for us is because we have the check-ins and we talk through things, we do that with the kids. Yeah. Like we're able, we know how to do that. Yeah. We know how we communicate, you know, um, with each other. So we show up that way typically with yeah. the kids as well. And so the check-ins that we have with the kids, specifically with the, the kids that go to other homes. Yeah. We do with all the kids, but there's there's different, you know, conversation, mm -hmm. different check-in points that have to happen. They have to. I've recently, you know, was introduced to a family that has never checked in mm -hmm. with the step with the the the, the step kid i don't like i don't like to call that but with you know with the the step kid yeah with the step parent the biological parent and the kid that is mind blowing to me yeah that's mind blowing to me that is not healthy either and what what so, margo is saying is essentially there has not been a conversation between the three of them concerning what's happening concerning their desires concerning what the child is experiencing how they are receiving this marriage relationship, what's happening on the other end, and just to get context as a family unit like that had, that had not happened on the other side of both courtship as well as, I'm not sure how many years married, 
but it's just, it, it's not, it hadn't been something that transpired and it blew, <laughs> blew Bargo away. Yeah. That was extremely surprising to me. Yeah. That is, that may actually broke my heart yeah. to know that because this kid is experiencing something that's drastic and big in their life and they have no safe place to talk about it. Yeah. Um, at least it should be, it should be a start with the parents, you know, yeah. step parent and biological parent. But, and I think that's a result of just focusing on the marriage and believing that the kid is just going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. That's not fair either. So, or suggesting that the biological parent is responsible for this. This is their mm. child opposed to it being our yes. child. Yeah. Once you step into this marriage, this is our child. It's a nacho parenting. That's That's <laughs> the nacho parenting that it is not, it doesn't work. It is not functional. It is not beneficial for the all parties, all parties, the parents, as well as the children. We are, we firmly believe that upon getting married, they are our children. Does that mean that we have the intimacy and connection that the biological parents do as far as step parents? No, but we not do. Not right away, but you have the opportunity. But we have the opportunity and we also have a role that we are called to assume and we must assume mm-hmm. all the way in order for things to be as prosperous as they can be yeah. within our family. So good. So I know the, the question was a little bit different than how we're answering it, but I believe that we do, the kids, it does affect it. Yeah. But how we navigate it is understanding the our role in it, Yep. Um, our role with each other first, and then our role with our kids, because they are important yeah. and they matter absolutely. But if we're not, learning how to do it with ourselves then when the kids say things that are yeah. just random and not the truth then we, we take offense to it yeah instead of learning how to regulate and navigate you know you know conversations that are difficult and i would say i'd i'd kind of sum it up as the world did not evolve around their experience the experience of the child and it doesn't ro- revolve around your experience or your like experience personally. or interpretation of what they're experiencing and how it's affecting you. It, if you, you know, in this marriage relationship, it requires humility for us to connect. We have to be all the more <laughs> humble about our children and what they're experiencing. And for us to have that same trust that we touched on concerning one another and that God's going to do what he's going to do in the life of my wife. So therefore, I can peacefully fulfill my role um, and faithfully do so. We have to have that same trust when it comes to our children. We have to lead them as best we can, and we are not going to be able to insert ourselves in every situation. We can't dictate how they live life, um, what they believe, how they see things, how they receive things, but we do our very best. We do so graciously, but we also allow them to be in the hands of God and trust that and trust that they are. And we have to be praying parents. We have to be praying parents. If all we're doing is bashing the children and we are talking negatively about how they spoke to me, how they spoke to me, how they did this, how they're affecting our family, how they did that, blah, blah, blah. But we are not praying for them, Mm. bro. Or encouraging them. Yeah. There's your problem right there. There's your problem right there, um, because what that results in is negative conclusions about these human beings that are developing and growing and trying to figure things out themselves. And we are going to treat them according to the conclusions that we draw. Um, so that's huge for step parents. But there are also some parents that adopted the burdens 
of the step parent because you this is your wife or your husband you feel for them and you want to maintain your marital connection and you are sacrificing your children as a result of the degree to which you are and it's corrupted but the degree to which you are invested in this marriage relationship working man that's good stuff it's really huge that's a whole nother topic I that's feel a like. whole nother ordeal so let's write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I hope that I hope that you guys received a little bit of that, and that makes sense. But yes, the the factor concerning our children it can be taxing, and it can absorb some of the time that we should be taking to check in and connect with one another. Um, but we just have to be mindful of that. We have to be gracious within our marriage. We have to be gracious toward our children, and we have to be hopeful and believe that God is actually in control and that he actually cares about our marriage and family more than we do. That really allows for us to adopt a a peace that surpasses all understanding and it guards our hearts and minds as a result. That's what's available to us. Um, But we have to choose it. We have to choose to be humble, choose to be gracious and believe that God is good. Yeah. And that you're not that cool. We're not that cool. We're not that cool. We're not that cool. and, and uh, just a last thing, um, do family check-ins. You know, that's yeah. what our family huddle is yeah. when we do check-ins. Uh, and that's bi-weekly right now. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it was, it's weekly. Um, sometimes it's once a month. <laughs> um, but bi-weekly, doing just family check-ins, whether that's a game night, whether that's a Bible study, whether that's just, hey, checking in, how are you guys doing and praying for each other, um, that we're teaching yeah. You know, our kids how to do that too. Teaching them, absolutely. Okay. Well... We're finishing off the year strong. We said 45 to an hour. We said 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, we lied. Yeah, we really went by fast. Yeah. That's great. Super good conversation. Hopefully, you guys got some good stuff from it. This is, guys, this is the product of years of investment, many a check-ins, mm. some of which were cut short because Margo was tripping. <laughs> but but we are here and we are celebrating with you. We're celebrating because you too have made progress yes. and there's just more to come. Um, God is good. He cares about your family, your marriage more than you ever could. And we can trust him. Yeah. And we care about your marriage and family. So if you'd love for you to reach out, um, and about anything, we'd love to chat through some things with you. And we have just get ready for 2024. We have some awesome things coming. It's going to get crazy. It's going to be really great. We hope to see and connect with some of you guys in person. Uh, there's, I I don't know if I can spoil anything, but we have some awesome things coming. So we're excited to that you're a part of this journey with us. Absolutely. You guys are awesome blenders. We will see you in 2024. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.